So uh, I didn't know there was a little bumper video coming in. I forgot. And Wesley talked about it. That was embarrassing. Anyway, uh, so I'm here. My name's Caleb, and I'm a student pastor here, and I'm so glad you came uh, to hang out with us tonight. It is amazing uh, at the work that um, the Lord has just allowed me to personally see him do um, in the hearts of a lot of your lives, and, and I'm stoked about uh, the middle schoolers and just um, the work that the Lord is, is going to do in, in a couple weeks as we go to Summer Jam, repping, repping that, that Summer Jam tea. But man, even if you weren't, I know, I know a lot of people, and you, if you didn't go to camp, you're probably feeling maybe a little bit out of the loop, uh, but don't, please don't feel that way because what, what is really cool, especially y'all that did go to camp and, and were, we did spend our week last week at camp, um, what you need to know is that God was also at work here, that God was also doing things in the lives of every person in this room. The decision to listen to that and pay attention to that and, and lean into that um, may have been made by you or you may have ignored that. What's also beautiful about the Lord is that this week can be totally different. That this week we can decide that we want to lean into what God is, is doing in our lives and, and we want to listen and we want to pursue uh, his voice and, and hear what he has to say. <clears throat> and so what we're going to do, what, we, what the Lord put on my heart uh, just for this summer was this series where we're just going to go through the, the summer. We're going to ask one question um, is, is, who do you say Jesus is? And that, that's the question that we want to answer all summer. Because if I went around this room and I asked that question, okay, who, who do you say he is? Who is he to you? that everybody would, would likely have a different answer. Some of you, if you were like really completely honest, you'd say, he's a stranger to me. I, I, I know about him, but I don't know him. Some of you would say, I don't even know him at all. Some of you would dig way deep down to that most, most meaningful Sunday school answer you could think of. And it would sound something like, uh, he's uh, Jesus, Savior, God, sin, devil, uh, forgiveness, right? Like you would like just name every Sunday school answer you could think of, but, but that's, that's what we want to focus on then, is, is who do you say Jesus is? I, I decided to ask a very reliable source this question. That source happened to be Google on my computer, and I said, who do you say Jesus is? And my findings uh, were inaccurate but hilarious. Um, they look something, uh, something like uh, this, so this was my first find. Jesus is absolutely my homeboy. And then you go on and, and you see that uh, there's also Jedi Jesus, which uh, not, not super, into, I mean, I like the lamb there. That's kind of weird uh, hand. And then um, if we go, we go on, uh, we have bearded baby Jesus. I don't know if you've, if like when you think of Jesus, like that's the one that comes to mind. For me personally, uh, this is most creepy form of Jesus. Uh, that you could possibly find. And then you also have this one, uh, slightly weird, <laughs> censored him. Uh, this is Dreadlocks Jesus. He's actually pretty ripped. Um, but this is all the forms of uh, Jesus we could go on. Um, <laughs> so weird. You censored that, Wesley. Uh, we have superhero Jesus, uh, which is good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make you think Jesus is make-believe at all. all right, and then you go on. Scared Jesus, you know, scared Jesus, kind of accurate, maybe not really, no. And then you got uh, mugshot Jesus, is that right? Okay, there's mugshot Jesus, like if Jesus decided, you know what, I'm going to jail for something for real and they're going to take a mugshot, like I feel like maybe mugshot Jesus, 
Uh, and then I think we got one more or two more, maybe. Oh yeah, Violent Jesus, yeah. So there's that one, he's forgiving. Say hello to his little friend. And then lastly, you've got classical cartoon Jesus, the one we know and love. Uh, yeah, these are all accurate pictures. They were actually taken in the life of Jesus. Uh, so, <clears throat> kind of interesting. Kind of interesting that even if you ask the world's source of, of answers, like you, you get such a wide variety. And none of them, at least in my heart or mind, seem to accurately depict um, not, not only the physical person of Jesus, but, but the actual character of Jesus. The actual Jesus who was God in, in human form on earth. And the reason this is important, I want you just to really hear this tonight. The reason this is important is because who you say Jesus is determines how you will live your life. That everything about your life really revolves around this question on who you say Jesus is. For some of you in here, you're like, yo, I heard that I was shooting somebody with a bow and arrow tonight. And so I came, but in my life, Jesus is nobody. Who is Jesus to me? I don't care. And what you need to know is then your life and all the decisions you make are based on that truth in your life, on that answer. Some of you say, man, he is the savior of my soul. He redeemed me. He rescued me. He forgave me. He died for me. And then your whole life is revolving around that truth and that belief and that answer. That who you say Jesus is has a drastic impact on how you will live your life. Back to the question about shooting somebody with a bow and arrow. I'm just shooting Benny. That's the only person I'm aiming for this whole time. Yeah, that's an applause worthy. Yeah, absolutely. Full sin to the face. All right, so no, for real though, I love Benny. So yeah, hashtag full sin squad. All right, um, so... I lost. I went down that road. So Jesus actually in Matthew 16, um, what's kind of cool, Matthew 16, Jesus actually approaches his disciples and he he actually confronts them with this question. And this is kind of how it goes. He says, uh, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea and Philippi, (coughs) what you need to know about that real quick is, is, uh, that region, Caesarea and Philippi, is uh, the place where um, all the pagan and false gods were worshipped. Like, it was the head of the idols. Like, where you went to worship other gods other than the god. It was in this place. And so it's just kind of ironic that they're in this place. And he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Like, you know their answer already. It's going to be inaccurate. It says they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then Jesus stopped and he says, okay, I got it. But but what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? See, I think sometimes in the midst uh, of the greatest, um, the greatest uh, like discouragement, and the greatest adversaries 
That that's when, when really knowing the answer and having to answer uh, this question really comes into play. When you're in the face of the biggest temptations, when you're around people who are absolutely running the other way, I think that's when Jesus really knocks on our heart and says, hey, real quick, before you decide to do whatever it is that you're going to do, who do you say I am? He's around his disciples in a place where no one knows Jesus and no one loves Jesus and no one believes or trusts Jesus. And he says, hey, who do y'all say I am? I I want to ask you, I want you to remember, who do you say I am? And Peter, being faithful, Simon Peter answered, he says, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. He stepped up, he answered. He says, here's who I say you are. Jesus replied, he said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. He says, blessed are you. Let me tell you, I know who your daddy is. His name's Jonah. Blessed are you, Jonah's son. That's important. He says, because this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. I know who your daddy was, and he didn't tell you this. He says, but my father in heaven, and I tell you that you are Peter. The word Peter, super interesting. The name Peter actually means Petra. And Petra in in the original language is stone. Like, that's a terrible name. Like, I don't know why. But so that's an awful name to name your kid. Don't name him like, hey, there's, uh, (laughs) there's cauliflower and stone. Right? So like, he says, I tell you, you are Peter. You are the stone. He says, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now, what's interesting is that if you go back and really read the text, people argue whether he was saying on this rock of truth and Peter's reply saying, you are the son of God, like on this truth, I will build my church. Or if he's actually saying, hey, Peter, on your shoulders, I will actually carry the church. Will both kind of happen if you go into the book of Acts, what you see is that Peter preached a sermon and thousands of people came to know Jesus. On the rock of Peter, on that stone, the Lord began to build his church. And on the stone that he is the Messiah and the truth that God began to do a new work in the hearts of people. This is important to remember as I go on. And so it's like everything's good. He says, on this rock, I'll build my church. And the, and, and the gates of Haiti, the power of hell will not overcome this. Nothing will overcome this. And he goes on. He says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed on the third day and raised to life. And so then Peter, the stone, took him aside and began to rebuke him. Rebuke means to like yell at or like to to like discipline. Like, I don't know how manly you gotta be like, Jesus, what did I tell you, right? Like, so he takes Jesus aside and he says, never, Lord, never. And Jesus is probably like, you're cute. He said, never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. 
So Jesus is here. I want to just paint this picture real quick. He says, who do you say I am? We're in this town. We're in this place where no one loves me. No one knows me. Who do you say I am? He says, man, you are the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And he says, man, that's the right. And, and on this rock of truth and on you, I will build my church. And he says, and so here's how I'm going to build my church. I have to suffer and I will die. But don't worry. I'm going to be raised again. And Peter being probably in fear, probably in a hard time. Peter seeing his friend and his teacher and his mentor and probably even closer than that, his brother say, hey, I'm about to die. He says, whoa, 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 whoa. No, Lord, I'm never gonna let that happen to you. I'm never going to let that happen to you. Have you ever been at a baseball game? I love to people watch, by the way. I guess that's why it makes me like a good like student pastor because I just watch y'all. Try not to be like weird about it, but um, but at a baseball game or even like maybe a hockey game. I know it's like kind of more popular in this area and more northern if you're from the north. You ever been to a baseball game or a hockey game and you see the people that are sitting, especially at a baseball game, right behind the batter? It's like the best thing to watch. Like if you get a chance, like just watch them. And what happens is when that batter swings and he fouls one off and he foul tips it and it just shoots straight back. And those people like spill all popcorn, all chairs, right? They're like falling out of their seats because they saw a baseball flying at their face at like a hundred miles an hour and they freak out. And for that one split second, they forgot there was a net there. And that's what makes it hilarious, right? Because you're like, you, you're totally fine. And you just fell out of your seat for no reason. None. There was no reason for that. But they forgot that there was a net there. They forgot that they had some sort of protection. Then I think that's where Peter was, was that he saw the fastball of life flying at him. And what happened was natural reaction kicked in. He says, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. That a lot of times for a lot of us, that if I said, who would you say Jesus is? You could quote, did you say, man, he is, he is the Messiah. He is the son of the living God. He is my savior. He is God's son who came to die and to rise again. But when the fastball of life comes at you, you are still responding by natural reaction. That you are still responding to fear. That you are still responding with anxiety and depression. I don't mean chemical, like, hey, this is just something in your brain that you need medicine for. Those are good things. But I mean that you allow things to make you anxious and depressed. That you allow things to, to hurt your pride. That you oh, don't forgive other people. That there are some distractions in your life that you allow to come in and you respond to those things. Though like Peter you would say, no, no, I, I believe you're the, you're the son of the living God. I believe you came to save me. But when things get hard, you flinch. When things get hard, you stop trusting that net. And you start reacting on your own as if you're going to dodge that. If you're going to have the, the willpower to get out of the way of, of something much bigger than you. And so that's where Peter was. <clears throat> Even though Jesus told him, hey, the gates of hell will not overcome it. I want you to hear that. That the gates of hell will not overcome what I'm going to do in your life. That I have defeated death, that I will defeat death is what he's saying. 
that there is no power that could separate you from me and from my plan I have for you. Like if that could just sink into my mind, if that could sink into all of our minds, I, I, I know our lives would look completely different. That if truly we believe that there was nothing that could, that could separate us from God's plan, from experiencing God's plan, like if we truly said, I'm going to trust you with everything, that I'm going to trust in that when the fastball comes, I'm not going to flinch, I'm trusting you, and I'm going to keep moving forward. That our lives would look completely different if we could grasp that. And Jesus' response Jesus turned and he said to Peter, it's pretty harsh, get behind me, Satan. He wants you to know Satan always uses distractions and discouragement to deter what God's doing. He always will use distraction and, and he'll always use some kind of discouragement. Like that's two ways that Satan moves, through distraction and discouragement. He says, man, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block. To me, and you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. I want you to catch that real quick. He says, Hey, you are a stone. Scripture calls believers, he says, You are living stones, and the Lord is using living stones to create his kingdom. He says, You are a stone. He says, and on your rock, I will build my kingdom. And then he comes back and he says, man, you are responding not with God in mind, but with man in mind. This is a natural reaction that you are fearful under your own power and you are selfish under your own power, not wanting to experience any kind of loss, even if it's for the sake of the Lord. He says, now you are a stone that has become a stumbling block. He says, you went from a building block and then you jumped to using your own power and you became a stumbling block to the work I'm trying to do. That if you are a living stone, if we have placed our faith in Jesus, he said, man, you are a living stone. But the problem is some of us aren't acting as building blocks for his kingdom. Some of us have allowed things to get in our hearts and in our minds. We're believing things that aren't about God's promises and we have become stumbling blocks. That we're stumbling blocks to people around us. We're stumbling blocks to God's work in our life. We're stumbling blocks to what he wants to accomplish. We're stumbling blocks to ourselves, experiencing God's plan for us. He says, man, Peter, you have become a stumbling block. He says, man, get, get out of my way. And then he, it's almost like Peter like pulls him aside. And this is the way it's written. And I don't know if this is how the story really flowed this, this quickly. But it's like Peter pulls him aside and he's like, yo, bro, you, you're, you're a stumbling block, man. You don't have my concerns. You don't have my heart in mind. You have replaced me. I was sitting on the throne of your heart as the thing most valuable to you. And you took it off because of fear. And you said, no, 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 that can't happen. I, I know that's your plan, but I don't want it to happen. Because I'm scared or, or I'm selfish or, or, or I'm prideful or whatever it is that, that you tend to deal with. And then it's like Jesus steps out of the little room that Peter pulls him aside to. And he says, hey, hey guys, everybody, I want to clear something up for you real quick. He said, I, I want to make something like crystal clear about what's going on with me real quick. And he gets real with them. 
It says, then Jesus says to his, his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. This is not uh, a, a request or, or um, this is not referring to them carrying a burden. And this is not about them denying things. Like, man, I love ice cream. No, 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 deny myself. Deny, no, no, it's not about denying things. But instead, it's about giving yourself wholly to Christ. That you're giving yourself completely to him. Say, man, wherever you call me, whatever you want from me, whatever your will is for me, I'm trusting it that it is better than my own plan. I'm trusting that your plan is far better and you have far more provisions. And so I'm going to follow that versus my own plan. He says to disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must, must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Well, whoever loses their life for me will find it. I think sometimes when I've read this, I I let everything else blur out this last line. That I get to talk to a lot of students and usually it's, it's not like, hey man, I wanna just talk to you about how great things are going, right? Like often um, I get to be, and it's a privilege, but, but I get to be in the place where it's like, yo, I got something going on, I just need some help. I got something going on and, and I wanna get your, your opinion on it. I wanna hear your heart about it. And, and usually it starts with three words. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know where, I don't know when, I don't know what. That usually when, when I talk to people, usually in my own life when I'm struggling, that's, that's the question. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know when I'm supposed to do it. I don't know how I'm supposed to go about doing these things. And Jesus says, That when you follow me, you find life. That when you follow me, not yourself, not your own things, not your uh, wisdom, not your understanding, but when you follow my call on your life, that you find life. That things in life begin to get a lot more clear. That we find life when we follow Jesus. For he is the perfecter of life and he is the author of life and he is the saver of life. This man, it it means wholly committing yourself to Christ. Taking up your cross does not mean literally carrying a cross. It does not mean carrying the burden. Instead, it means a continual, it's not a prerequisite. I want you to hear this, a prerequisite to becoming a Christian. And none of this is a prerequisite to becoming a Christian. He says, no, I'm asking you to continually and daily wake up and say, man, today, Lord, give me the strength to deny myself and give me the wisdom to follow you. 
That today I'm going to deny myself. Today I'm going to carry my cross. Today I'm not going to hang out with that girl that I know I'm not going to do good things with today. I'm going to deny myself because I know that's not honoring to the Lord. And instead, I'm going to spend time figuring out what God would have me do otherwise. And I'm not going to go to that party that I'm not going to, to hang out with those friends that I'm not going to uh, cuss at my parents, that I'm not going to do whatever it is that is your tendency that you know is not pleasing to the Lord, but you're saying, no, God, instead I'm going to lay my pride down. I'm going to lay my selfishness down. I'm going to lay my own priorities down, and I'm going to allow you to rewrite them. I'm going to allow you to begin to do a new work in me. That some of you at camp, this is going to be really hard for you because life is starting to just slowly creep back in. That old temptations are slowly creeping back in. That some of you dudes are slowly finding yourself alone with your phone. Some of you girls are, are slowly finding information that you really want to talk about to other people. Some of you are really finding, again, your identity in your social media likes and your follows, and, and, and your shares, and, and, and you are absolutely rooting who you are and the clarity of how your life is going and all the things that are revolving around you. And Jesus says, no, if you want to find life, give that junk up and follow me. If you want to find life, then spend some time with the author of life. Find some time experiencing my forgiveness. Find some time worshiping me. Find some time going out of your comfort zone to share, share with other people about who I am. It may just be through actions or it may be through words. Because man, you want clarity. Find life in me. You're either going to be a building block or you're going to be a stumbling block. I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes and bow your heads as we close in prayer. The band's going to come up real quick. We're going to worship, and then, and then we're not going to just get up and go. I'm going to explain a couple things to you. But I just want you to hear this. I want you to think about this as we um, get ready to worship the God of the universe one more time. Jesus says, man, I am the author of life. I'm the perfecter of life and the director of life. That life is found in me, not apart from me. And we will experience that when we know him. Some of you don't know Jesus. You've never come to a place in your life where you have trusted him with everything. That you've never come to a place in your life where you have asked for forgiveness, recognizing that he died for your sins. That he bore the burden of your sins, that you are forgiven through him and through his blood. This week, I encourage you that you would spend time in his presence, whether it's in worship, whether that's in the word, whether that's in prayer, whether that's with other believers. That this week, you would get rid of the distractions, and that maybe you would just commit a moment each day to spend with the Lord, whether that's reading or praying or worshiping. That we would be a group 
a family of believers, a family of people who are building blocks, who are living stones, seeking to know Jesus and living transformed by him. God, we thank you for all that you're doing. God, thank you for giving us new life. Lord, that you don't call us to give everything up to receive something lesser. But God, you are offering us something so much greater. God, help us to see through the distractions of the world. Help us to see through the lies around us, God, that you, in fact, are greater. Lord, make that clear. Clear that fog, Lord, in our hearts and in our lives. God, we love you, and we thank you for all you're doing. God, we trust you. Lord, I ask if there's anyone in here who, who Lord, is eager to know you, or is eager to receive new life, or that you would lead them to courageously seek those answers. You lead them to an adult, that you lead them to someone who would explain to them who you are. God, we love you. We ask that you, that these noises and these sounds, Lord, we, we, we pray and, and ask that they'd be a pleasing sound to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.